Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Star Wars Meanderings and Ramblings. I'm your podcast host, Kiri Mohan. This is the podcast where I just talk about Star Wars and what it means to me and anything that comes to my mind. So welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about the new Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, It came out a few days ago. I have had a good amount of time to kind of sit and think about it and see if I like it, if I don't like it. I was originally kind of very much (laughs) so actually very much so not interested in this show at all. I was hoping with Disney Plus that they would go out of their way to really bring fresh life to the Star Wars universe. Um, and I, and that is why I kind of unabashedly love The Mandalorian. I think they took a risk and I think it played off well. Since The Mandalorian has come out, there's definitely been them, they've kind of, what's the right word for this, where they, they've been going back to the sandbox of the familiar you know they brought Ahsoka into it Luke Skywalker was brought into it there's just things about that you know Boba Fett came back uh and I and I don't love that um I don't mind Bo-Katan because I think you know she's a Mandalorian it kind of makes sense let's see what the Mandalorians are up to but overall I still think the Mandalorian is headed in the right direction Now, contrast that with Obi-Wan Kenobi, where clearly Obi-Wan is a character from the prequels. We saw him in Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. And then we thought his, Ewan's part in this series was done. And then maybe we thought, like, he would pick up again in episode four. And instead, no, we're going to see this whole different section that I kept wondering, do we need this? Is this pointless? Do we need this? So that's what I'm kind of here to talk about. Um, Obviously, I watched it because I can't not watch it. I'm very curious to see what they're doing with it. Now, before we go any further, I want to say spoilers. Spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, you've been warned. So what the premise of the first two episodes is, Obi-Wan is a jaded Jedi on Tatooine who's watching over Luke. Uncle Owen, played by the amazing Joel Edgerton, and you can see my love and devotion to that actor in one of the blog posts that I wrote. He's just amazing. He's so good. But he came back to reprise his role as Uncle Owen after having very, like, I think, feel, I feel like Star Wars was his first big role, like his first blockbuster role um, as Uncle Owen in Attack of the Clones. And he came, he's come back. And since then, he's made such a career for himself. But he came back and he played Uncle, he's playing Uncle Owen again. And basically, I'll go and still watching over Luke. You're seeing hints of Luke having wanting nothing to do with the moisture farm and just having an adventurous spirit. But that's basically all we've really seen of Luke, other than some conversations that Obi-Wan had with um, Uncle Owen, where he says, you know, he wants to train him. But Uncle Owen is clearly not interested in that at all. And from what we've seen um, A New Hope, it looks like Luke has never gotten training. So our assumption is Obi-Wan is has brought this up with Uncle Owen and it never happens. But cool, like, uh, little tea, the um, little plane that Luke has um, in episode four, you get to see like a little Easter egg of that in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which my husband totally missed. He was like, oh, I don't remember that plane at all. It's like Luke is playing with it when 3PO is taking his oil bath. And it's a tea hopper, I think. Let me look that up. 
see now this is the section where I'm like, is it a T hopper? Yep, T16 Skyhopper. I was close. Way to go, Kiri. So that little Easter egg was in there. I thought that was really fun. So anyway, Opie wants on Tatooine and he's hanging out and he's trying to avoid the Inquisitors who are coming after him. And there's one Inquisitor named Reva who is obsessed with finding and tracking down Opie One. Now, here's the big question, and this is what was bothering me too. Why would Opie One ever leave Tatooine? That doesn't make sense. What are they going to do? Now, I'm sure this problem was also presented to the writers and they were thinking about it for a long time too because they came up with, I think, the only solution. And that is Princess Leia, as a young child, gets kidnapped from Alderaan and taken somewhere else. And so Bail Organa then comes to Obi-Wan pleading for help. Well, Breha and Bail ask him, over hologram and then they come and actually ask him like well not them i guess it bail comes and asks obi-wan in person obi-wan's like resisting like i am not leaving tatooine i i am trying to keep my own life intact right and so finally he agrees to go after leia and he finds her on a planet named Dayu, and at the end of that episode, there's this whole confrontation with Riva, who has been chasing him this whole time, the Inquisitor, and the Grand Inquisitor is there as well, trying to capture Obi-Wan, and you find out that Riva had set up this whole plot. Like, she had hired um, a gang or smugglers or bounty hunters, or I don't even know who they are, whatever, they, but apparently Flea is in there um, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I don't know who Flea is. <laughs> so horrible. But my, my husband was like, is that Flea? And I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, apparently Flea is the leader of that gang who captures Princess Leia. Um, so she had set this whole, whole thing up to capture Leia because she knew she'd gone through all these records and found a brief connection between Bale and Obi-Wan and used that and she to exploit Obi-Wan to come out of so that he would come out of hiding. And she was correct. Obi-Wan did come out, out of hiding. He did go try to find his friend's daughter. That's all they know about her. So they don't know anything that's Anakin's daughter. Um, they just know that it's Bale's daughter. So he goes after her. And then at the end of the episode, the Grand Inquisitor is telling Reva to basically stand down. She refuses. She stabs the Grand Inquisitor. And then she shouts out as Obi-Wan is leaving that Anakin is still alive. And that's where we leave off. That was very long. But I felt like I had to kind of go into that because there's some key points in here that were very interesting to me. Again, I think this makes sense. The show, everyone who did the show was like, what's the only reason why Obi-Wan would leave Tatooine? It would have to be for Princess Leia because she's just as important as Luke, right? Um, which there's this interesting line where Bale kind of points it out where Obi-Wan is like, no, I can't leave Luke. And he's like, isn't Leia just as important? Yes. <laughs> go, Bale. Um, so here, here are my thoughts. Who is Riva, right? Like Riva, and I asked that almost in like, why is she obsessed with Obi-Wan? When you watch the two episodes, she is obsessed with finding Obi-Wan Kenobi to the point that it's it's driving her insane. And you can see she's just harnessing the dark side of the force and putting everything into finding him. So who is she? Are we going to explore that? Are we going to find out more? Is there a relationship there that like Obi-Wan has no idea about and we don't know about as an audience, but she does? I have seen some theories on Twitter that maybe she was a Jedi youngling at the temple and escaped when Anakin came in with Order 66 and maybe she 
resent Obi-Wan for not coming back and trying to help? I don't know. As we know, a lot of the dark side characters change their name when they go to the dark side. So it could be that maybe she was someone Obi-Wan knew and as a Jedi and she has a different name now. I think, like I said, the show, the show writers taking Leia uh, and kidnapping her, I think that makes sense. Did I love having Leia in this episode or in this whole show? I think, I mean, she's going to be one of the main characters along with Obi-Wan just by looking at the show credits. She's listed as the number one um, actress, I think, on IMDb even. So she's here for a while. Did I like her? And this is actually a conversation I'm trying to get my husband to come on the podcast with me and talk about Leia specifically and young girls. And it's even more like relevant now that um, we see Leia as a young girl given to us by Disney because I have a young girl. So that's why I want him to talk about it. A lot of people are saying she's annoying. Um, yeah, she is annoying. But again, I have a six-year-old girl and when I watch this, these episodes pre having a six-year-old girl, like, like even three or four years ago, I'd be like, oh, my daughter's never going to be like that. She's not going to be giving people orders and directions and being sassy. And all of a sudden I'm faced with a daughter that does that. So I want to say like 50% of that personality was very on point with a girl around that age. Um, weirdly, sadly, I don't, I don't know if that's sad, but I was kind of like, ooh. This is something if I didn't have a kid, I would totally, or even like specifically a young girl, I would be like, God, that's so annoying. No kid acts like that. <sighs> How things change. <laughs> um, but then I think 50% of our personality is like they're really, really trying to pull in parts of Princess Leia from the original trilogy and leaning heavily on Padme's personality. And I think that is the other 50% where I think they might have gone too strong to the point where I feel like the young Leia is there are moments where I like her and I'm getting glimpses of like a, a character that I could really enjoy but I think they're almost trying too hard to make her like Padme and older Leia where you have to realize like a child could be very different from how they grow up you don't need to have all like of course there's like it brings into the whole question like nature versus nurture right like um and I'm not seeing any of Bale or Breha in her from what I've seen from these episodes. It's all just Padme or Elder Leia, you know. It, and I feel like there needs to be a little bit of a pullback there and make her someone who's a little bit more likable and who has traits in her from her adoptive parents because they raised her. So obviously there's got to be something of them in there. But I feel like, again, they went too strong in the Padme direction. I thought Ellen McGregor was fantastic. He he nailed everything. I mean, he's just such a good actor. He's so good. I just think as an Obi-Wan, he really knew his role and he stepped into it again really well. I, I know that a lot of people were kind of struggling with the show too because we know that he is going to meet up with Vader, Anakin, eventually. And they were like, is this retconning and you hope? What's happening? And when you go back, there is a little bit of ambiguity, right? Like Vader says, I sense something, a presence I've not felt since leaves it hanging. All right, well, since when? This is only 10 years after he and Vader last met or 
10 years since Mustafar will say that, their confrontation on Mustafar. And then, you know, when they face off on the Death Star in A New Hope, he says, you know, when I left you, I was but a learner and we meet again and all that kind of stuff. And so, again, there's no specific um, timeline mentioned. It's not, he's not like, when I last saw you, I was on Mustafar and you cut off my legs and my arm. There's nothing like that, right? <laughs> so, again, there's enough ambiguity that I think having them meet up isn't crazily far-fetched. Do I like it? No. I always wanted them to go those like 20 years without seeing each other, but I am not part of Lucasfilm and I have no choice. So in that matter, they played around enough with this and it's vague enough in A New Hope that they, that I feel like they can meet again. The The Inquisitors, I kind of want to talk about them. So if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, um, you have a good knowledge of the Inquisitors and there's a grand inquisitor who kind of basically heads up this little posse of inquisitors who go out and they try to find remaining Jedi and kill them. And we actually see this in the first episode of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show where they do kill a Jedi who finds Obi-Wan is trying to be like, we need to go out there and be compassionate and help everyone. And Obi-Wan's like, dude, yo, I'm trying to just sit here, mind my own business. I don't want to have anything to do with being a Jedi. My lightsaber is far away from me. Please just get the F out of here. And the guy's like, no. And what happens to him? He, You find him murdered later on. So, and that was kind of, you know, a little bit tragic. A little bit of a like, ooh, ouch. Like this feels like a like pirate, like Wild West kind of stuff here. Just He's just hanging there as like an example of what happens to Jedi, you know, who are still alive. Um, so, you know, these, these Inquisitors are going after Jedi, and we see them in Star Wars Rebels. That's where they're first introduced. They've been in comics since then, video games, and there was a lot of um, backlash over the Grand Inquisitor, right? So the Grand Inquisitor leads up everyone, and he looked very different, and he had a different design in Star Wars Rebels than he does in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And the big thing right now, the big question that everyone has is at the very end of the second episode, Reva kills, or what it looks like, she kills the Grand Inquisitor. And this wouldn't make sense in a Star Wars timeline because he dies at the end of Star Wars Rebels. He basically commits suicide um, because he, Kanan Jarrus, ends up defeating him and he doesn't want to go back to Darth Vader, <laughs> having failed his mission. So he ends up um, committing suicide instead. And... In this episode, the second episode, it looks like Riva kills him. So there's been a lot of questions about that online. And my my thing with that is, A, we know people can die and come back to life. I mean, look at Darth Maul. So he might not be dead at all, right? My other question is, and I've been doing some research online on this. I can't seem to come to a good answer. Can there be more than one Grand Inquisitor? Like, can not in the sense of, like, at the same time, there's like four Grand Inquisitors. No. I'm saying like if the Grand Inquisitor dies, can he just be replaced? You know, imagine like not as dramatic as an example, but like when you're working and you get a new job, they hire someone else and then they take over your job. So can they just like promote someone from within the ranks to be the Grand Inquisitor? This is why maybe his design is different from Star Wars Rebels. Maybe it's not the same person. It seems like I'm not 
correct on that from what I've read online. It seems like everyone seems to think it's the same Grand Inquisitor that was in Star Wars Rebels. But that was one of my questions. Like, oh, well, he died? Okay, well, they're probably just going to make another Grand Inquisitor. But that doesn't seem to be the case. But yeah, I can't find anything really disproving that either on the internet. So if you know anything about that, please hit me up. Let me know. My main argument and theory, I think, is actually this is going to be very similar to what happened to Fennec Shand. Now, if you watch The Mandalorian in the first season, Fennec Shand is an assassin and she gets killed or so we presume. And then she pops up again. You're like, oh, how did she live? That's interesting. And Star Wars is pulling a Game of Thrones. Everyone's coming back to life. But you find out in that in the book of Boba Fett that came out, you know, this past uh, whatever fall, no spring, spring, winter, God, and I can't even keep anything straight. I know I was watching it in the hospital after I gave birth, so it had to have been winter. So Book of Boba Fett comes out. There's an episode where they show Boba picking up Fennec in the sands and getting her, basically bringing her back to life with these like bionic parts and this bionic from this guy who does bionics in on Tatooine. And then that happens again with Cobb Vanth at the very end of the book of Boba Fett why are they showing us that if it's not going to come into play in other episodes so here we are again you know kind of like with Grogu when he does the force healing on Grief Karga all of a sudden that shows up in the Rise of Skywalker so they're doing these little things so I'm wondering if this healing and this bionic parts in Benic Shand is actually what we're going to see with the Grand Inquisitor and maybe that's that's the strongest argument I can think of is why he's not dead and he's the same person that shows up in Star Wars Rebels. Um, I did love Dayu. I loved the planet of Dayu where Princess Leia was taken. And I loved the character of Haja Estri. I think I said that right, Haja Estri. Oh my gosh, so funny. The con, the Jedi con man. I, I, after the first episode, I was like, man, this is like not humorous at all. I like a little, I'd like it to be a little light somewhere in the series. And then he comes in, the con man, and I was like, oh, I like you. I like you a lot. So I, I want to see more of him, and I was happy Reva didn't kill him. Lastly, this, this is something I'm really having a lot of trouble with. How does Obi-Wan Kenobi not know that Anakin is alive? Or Darth Vader, whatever. How does he not know that? He's so shocked. Like, this is the big thing at the end of episode two, is that... Reva reveals Anakin's alive. So it brings a question. It's like, okay, first of all, how did Reva know that Darth Vader is Anakin? That's fucked. That's weird. You're not supposed to know that. Like, Anakin is dead. The people who know who Anakin was before, most of them are not around anymore. It is clearly Darth Vader and he pops out of nowhere and people are not supposed to know his backstory. Why does a third Inquisitor, a third sister Inquisitor, know that his name is Anakin. That's weird. And then she reveals it to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's like shocked. Like, oh my God, Anakin's alive. I don't understand this. Like, like it, I, and I did a bit of research. Darth Vader's jumping around different places, hunting Jedi in the comics. He's not in the back to tank for 10 years. Okay, so why is he so surprised? This is like, I'm looking at the emperor as kind of like Trump, right? Like Trump is still around. We know he's there and he's being super annoying on his truth social and Twitter and whatever. We know Trump exists. I kind of look at Anakin as Ron DeSantis. Yeah, we know Ron DeSantis is doing ridiculous things in Florida. <laughs> I just made this political. Sorry, everyone. 
And he's popping up in the news every once in a while. That's how I kind of envisioned Darth Vader. Like, you know he's there in the galaxy because he's working with the Emperor quite closely. He's a pretty big-name figure. And this is also proved in the comics. So why is Ob- is <laughs> I made this joke on Twitter. I like to pat myself on the back. Has Obi-Wan been living under a rock? Ha <laughs> ha. He literally has been living under a rock in this show. I'm hilarious. But has he been really that far removed that he doesn't know that Anakin is, Darth Vader is alive and he knows his name is Darth Vader because he watched the hologram, the recorded hologram with Yoda in episode three. So it's not like he popped up, someone popped up named Darth Vader and he doesn't know who that is. Like he knows. How does he not know he's alive? This is a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around. That Obi-Wan is that out of it. He's not keeping tabs on what the Emperor's up to and destroying the Republic. Like, he's that depressed? I don't know. That was really hard for me to wrap my brain around. That was one, the one part, like, I could forgive, like, you know, them bringing Leia into it. I could, there was a lot I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Logically, and for TV, that makes sense. Even if I don't love it. I don't understand this at all. And I don't think they're going to go into it. I really don't. I bet you they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, well, everyone knows that Obi-Wan doesn't know Anakin's life. What? Why wouldn't he? What? <sighs> okay. So overall, like, how? what did I feel? I feel like it was a solid B. Like, there were some things that were really frustrating. Like, there was a chase scene when they're trying to capture Leia that was really poorly done. It wasn't, like, the camera work. It wasn't believable. It wasn't very good. Some of the effects, like, they don't have the money that they do on big films. And, like, you can tell with some of the effects that they're not that good. Um, So there were minor discrepancies like that that kind of threw me out and didn't get me so, you know, wrapped up into it. Um, I want to see them flesh out some of the new characters a little bit more, like Riva. I hope that they do. I'm afraid she's going to get shadowed by Anakin Vader when he comes onto the scene. And she's going to basically just kind of be shunted to the side. I want them to step out of the familiar sandbox of what Luke has created and the prequels and, I, and the original trilogy. And I want them to kind of, they have this chance to do something different and take a few risks. And that inclu- includes like, you know, Reva, the Inquisitors. And I'd like to see them do something more with that. I don't know if they will, but I, I want them to. So basically that, I mean, overall, a solid B. That's what's coming for me. B to B minus, depending on my mood. I don't think I'm ever going to think it's an A. Like, I look at The Mandalorian, and I think that's up there as an A to A-. minus. Um, I look at Book of Boba Fett as, like, a D. That was just, like, ugh. I couldn't, I couldn't really watch that. Um, the Bad Batch, I look at that as, like, also in the B range. I actually really enjoyed The Bad Batch. I thought they took some good risks with that show. And so I'm looking at this right now as a solid B. It's, it's, Owen's fantastic. Even the girl who plays Leia is, is a, doing a pretty good job. The Inquisitors are interesting. Let's, let's bring it to the next level. Let's get out of the, the familiar fan service shows that you guys have been doing and let's just make this slightly different with something fresh. That's where I am on it. Feel free to share your opinions. I would love to hear them. You guys are the best for listening. As always, I love reading your comments on my my blog. I like it when you guys tweet to me. Um, thank you so much. And I hope that um, I can get my husband on soon to talk about that Leia episode that I really want to talk about. May the force be with you. Love you guys. Bye.